Welcome back to another episode of Big Rip Energy. And Jordan's Michigan Wolverines are headed to the college football playoffs. College football playoffs, baby. First playoffs? Un- <laughs> first unranked preseason team ever to make the college football playoffs. Which, let's be honest, people kept us out of that voting just to send a message because yeah, they that, don't like Harbaugh. That's definitely we, what it we was. We for sure were a top 25 team. <laughs> that's definitely what it was. But we are in. Oh my gosh. That was an awesome night. I stayed up until... Probably 12.30. It was better than the Ohio State day? No, I wouldn't say that. It was It was more... The, you also knew fairly early with this one that yeah, it was a wrap. Basically, that first long quorum run, I'm like, all right, we're, we're probably good. You... So, it, I mean, it looked real good for a while that you were going to be able to draw Cincy in that 2-3. Yeah. Um, Bama kind of rocked Georgia. Yeah. Things changed. Confidence level for the Georgia game? Five. I would have said one before the Alabama game, obviously. Um, I You text me that there's a hint of fraud about Georgia, which I didn't watch any of that game, so I don't know. But um, Put it this way. Their defense didn't give up 17 points in the SEC. Now, make sure. SEC East yeah. didn't give up 17 points. At halftime, Bama had close to 30, and I think dude Bryce Young had 300 yards yeah. passing. So here's the thing. I am going to be excited. I'm going to be optimistic and let future Jordan deal with the realities of that. Like, that dude's a sucker. He can deal with the disappointment of getting crushed on New Year's Eve. So I can... I'm in a unique position where I think I can give you a couple pointers on <laughs> post-game. On how to, how to handle the situation. The Twitter machine has to go away. Um, I'm guessing around halftime of the See, game. I don't, I don't think we take it in the chin like you guys do. If we get, if we get thumped, then, you know, so be it. Michigan state fans can pile in whatever, but if we play Georgia fairly close, even, you know, come close to covering something like that. I think that we will look like heroes. You don't I think, think that's fine. see, I thought that when, so we played Clemson the year they were loaded and lost by 17 or 20, like, respectable they beat Bama worse than they beat us but it's still like I feel like Michigan and Notre Dame are verbal meme the handshake in the middle where people just like to rock and it's largely also a Brian Kelly Jim Harbaugh thing where people just love to pile on see I until about two weeks ago I completely agree now that things are rolling for Jimmy I feel like it's it's going the opposite way. People are loving to pile on in a good way for Jim. Like, the guys on the sidelines at Fox, the Bushes, the Liners, uh, your boy Brady Quinn, like, they were visibly happy for Harbaugh, Woods, and all those guys. Like, I kind of think that we have the inertia going the other way now. And hopefully it, it'll stand as just you guys that everyone likes to beat up on. And the other thing you have is, this is going to sound like a slight, but it's not. First first time Harbaugh's ever done this. Oh, yeah. Whereas Brian Kelly is, or just the Notre Dame program. Can't win the big one, obviously. It's 0 and 7 or 8. Yeah. And the first time, maybe it won't be bad. It's like, oh, they were the upstart. They probably shouldn't have been here. They made it happen. This is what happens when you play the SEC. Lord knows I know. It's a a shame that they weren't willing to throw that rematch in the first round. Because I think... I don't know if this is just being biased, but I think we probably deserve the number one seed. It was obviously never going to happen because they weren't going to allow a rematch. I disagree. So I think their best win is better than your best win, and their loss is Who's better. their best win? Georgia. Fair enough. And <laughs> That's fair, fair play. And you lost to Michigan State, who's bad, bad. Michigan State was ranked fifth or something when we lost to them, but though. put Michigan State in the SEC West. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. The, 
And they lost to A and M in a tight game, which was and A and M A and M is pretty decent. Yeah, I think coming out of the SEC West with one loss, I, I I'm fine with the one. I do think you deserve. You definitely have a better resume than Georgia. Georgia's probably almost certainly the better, better team, team, but your resume is I mean, better than I, Georgia's. I still think Georgia's the best team in the country. I think if you replay Georgia Bama, they win sixty five times out of a hundred. I may have taken the Bama future. No. Um, <laughs> so here's an interesting thing: like we are likely destined for a rematch. Would it have been better TV to get it out of the way in the first round so that you have something that's not a rematch in the championship game? No, because I think so much of their time, effort, money, ratings goes into that championship game. I think if you play whoever comes out of that rematch versus either Michigan or Cincy, I think it's a disaster for your ratings. Do you? Yeah. Michigan carries a lot of brand. I mean, if it's Cincy, obviously. Michigan carries a lot of brand. People know who Michigan is. Their games are so hard to watch. True. And I think, and it very well could be over in the first quarter. Also, so true. I think they wanted. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the point. People there. think since he might be able, to people play are not be able to play with Bama. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd one, love to see it. I like prefer everyone, that to be the case. The Michigan Georgia line, which I I think might be a touch low, but people didn't really seem to have a problem with that line. They think it's about right. A lot of people think Bama's being given too many points. That is, or since he's being given too many points, I, I guarantee Bama covers that. Probably so, easily. We'll get to the... Uh, we might as well, because we're doing Christmas at the end. Yeah. I'll I'll do my line right now. I tweeted it as soon as it came out. I sent it to our group chat. You did. This is true. Teaser season. You can get, on a seven-point teaser, Georgia down to base, a pick em to win the game, and Bama to less than a touchdown, six and a half. How does that lose? Yeah, I've, I have no idea. That I mean, I've... I've thought this many times before, and inevitably it finds a way. But basically, you're just banking on a rematch. Yeah, which will almost assuredly happen. And Bama lost a fellow named Mechie, who is apparently very good. Um, oh, that's like the one name on Bama yeah. I know. He's out. He tore his ACL. Tough, but break. I, Tough break, kid. I, I, I tend to agree with you that Georgia probably wins a rematch. But Especially considering they're going to be pissed. Which, as you know, is exa- is how I gamble. It's the the bedrock of my gambling strategy. Bama plus one forty, given that their semifinal game I think is largely a buy. I just thought there was too much value there. I this is going to sound crazy, and I know it, but where I think there's the most value is Cincinnati. What if they are actually that good? I don't. You don't I mean, think your we, guys are the best? You're like plus 800. That is a huge number. I feel number. like we've seen Michigan in that sphere enough to know exactly how good Michigan is. They're slightly better than and everyone maybe else. maybe we don't know a Cincinnati. And maybe Cincinnati just is actually on that level. I don't I don't think that's the case, but I think they're plus 1,600. Like, like plus 1,800. Maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to do it. But so it, they'd have to knock out two. Or yeah. Either of you guys have to knock out two SEC. Back to, that is a... Tall order. Yeah, that's why I'm personally not going to do it. But if if you're in the mood, eh, why not? So speaking on teams that will be pissed I off. I was going to say, speaking of being in the mood, <laughs> where, where is this Speaking going? of being in the mood. <laughs> speaking of teams that should be pissed off then, what are your thoughts on the Notre Dame line? You probably haven't seen it. What would you I put it not. at? Uh, Oklahoma State. Notre Dame minus two and a half. I mean, pretty close. Wow. That is very good. Is it? Notre Dame minus two. I think they are. This is the rare case, and you know this with New Year's Six bowls. Rarely is their motivation. Yeah, almost never is their motivation. They will be without Kyle Ham. I, if he tries to play, I may go tell him not to play. It'd be stupid if he played. I'd actually love to see that. But they, I mean, that they've pretty much been a lights out defense last latter half season without him. 
it's the rare case where a team is going to actually have motivation against a team that may not be very good. I'm hammering that too. Yes, definitely. I, I mean, I told, I think on this, the show last week, I, th- I said, I thought Oklahoma state's a fraud. Now they're going to be pissed off, which will obviously work in their favor because they just blew basically the chance of a lifetime, which I mean, they wouldn't have gotten in anyway, right. but they didn't know that. I at the think time. I would be more scared if like they would have won and been left out because yes. they'd be pissed off. They'd be more this. I think it then. could just, they could be like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah, what's the mail time? Whereas Notre Dame, no secret. Brian Kelly's not exactly a player's coach. Uh, Marcus Freeman appears to be, and I think they're going I to want to win. That is nail on, hammer on head yeah. of nail. <laughs> Took me a minute to get to that one. And yeah, um, I'm hammering that too. I'll just sit sure. sit with my family and watch the game. <laughs> How wild was that? That was just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> I so you obviously are, are maybe a little too close to the situation, but what do you? What are your hopes for Brian Kelly? Like, do you actually want him to succeed? No. Okay. Well, also. We're in the unique position where we have Rob around two, who's always yes. talking LSU. LSU. It would it would not be great for them to be good. I I just I mean, freezing cold takes may get me. I don't see how he wins a title down there. The SEC West was already loaded, and it by all accounts is going to get much better. With Lane just signed a, an extension, Leach is down there now. Obviously, Saban. Um, you have Jimbo at A and M. Oklahoma Texas and Texas OU are coming. coming. Yeah, like. Arkansas seems to be on the rise, yeah. which is strange. But I, I just, basically they got rid of Bielema, and they're like, oh, we, we can be good again. And with Kelly, if you can keep Freeman on board, he has a top three class coming in the next two years, which is unheard of for Notre Dame, and it's how you win titles. Do you think – Wait, so recruiting well is <laughs> how you win titles? Do you really think, given that information, he has a better chance to win a title at LSU than Notre Dame? No. I don't, because I don't Notre so. Dame, you can largely – get a loss. You don't have to play conference championship and you can get, once you're in the mix, you're in the mix. Yeah. You just need the dog. I feel like you guys, oh, you and, and several of my other Notre Dame friends are constantly telling me, Oh, they play a better schedule than if they were in the big 10. That is probably true, but there's something about having to go away to, I'm um, trying to think of insert random team here that hates you. Like, whereas when you guys play Virginia tech or Virginia, like they don't, oh. they don't care. Oh, Cap. Hard, 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 hard disagree. It is their Super Bowl. I don't think that's true. Virginia Tech's two biggest, craziest atmospheres of the last five years. Go look at them. It's when Notre Dame came to town right. both times. Their two biggest crowds they've ever had. The two biggest TV. What if they play them on at noon? It's still people hate Notre. Look at the Virginia game yeah. that was at noon. It's pretty easy to. They hate Notre Dame, and it's it's every team Super Bowl because more or less they represent college football. Yeah. Their numbers every year they have the highest TV ratings. Yeah. It is, as Jay-Z said, numbers don't lie. Every year, Notre Dame has the highest TV ratings. Every year, they have the biggest crowds. It is, and we're also, like, largely playing the same teams. Ohio State will be nuts next year for the opener. Yeah, that is not going to go well. Going to Georgia. I think Notre Dame will be loaded next year. If if Notre Dame's ever going to win a title, it's going to be next season. It would it would have been far more beneficial for you guys to play Ohio State like three weeks into the season. That's, Disagree. That's going to be a tough. Yeah, I, I know where you're going to go you, with this logic, and I agree. Well, that but, logic too, because if you lose the first one, yeah, you still get cares. in. I also like not having anything on tape. True. Like it's going to be a new quarterback coming in. It's going to be a new running back. It's going to be new receivers. Yeah, but you're going against a team that is established. Like. Stroud will have that fellow. So I'd rather do that. We like we saw this year with Oregon. Like yeah. they play at the end of the year. That's a that's ugly, a very that's ugly an game. ugly. How game. did that happen? I 
I watch Oregon and I watch Ohio State. I have no idea how Oregon won that game. But I, do, I would prefer playing early in the season because, like, Notre Dame goes to Florida State, goes to Clemson late in the year when those teams are loaded. And, like, it's the same thing Notre Dame always does. They play tight, and then they lose in the fourth quarter. I'm done with that. Either Ohio State end it in the first quarter or let's have a good game. How, how about a good game? I Honestly, of that matchup, I prefer you guys win. Notre Dame next year is the best chance they have to win a title in my lifetime. Wow. By, by quite a bit. They'll be loaded. So if it doesn't happen next year, it'll be Kyle is dead before they have a chance to win another. Well, the following year, they'll also be very good. The next two so years. So it's of your previous lifetime. Yes. Like up until oh, this yeah. point. I thought you meant. I don't know what future Kyle's gotten himself into. But up until this moment next year is by far Probably the most talent they're for, ever going to have honest. on a team. Yeah. By, by a lot. So next year, got to win a playoff game or not great. Not great. But I don't think, I think Kelly's ceiling is. I just don't see how he makes a playoff. Yeah. I can see him being uh, the SEC James Franklin. Like perpetually third, kind of in the discussion, eventually falls away when they play the big dogs. And Something if that's like that. the case, that's a bad hire for LSU. Yeah, LSU doesn't hire for that. They hire to win national championships, which I don't know that they should be in that mindset, but that's certainly where they are. So talking coaching carousel, Brian Kelly's like 60 years old. He gets a few years in LSU. It's not going well. He gets fired. It's his career over. I think it should be on purpose. Like, why would you... you if, just retire? Yeah, if you have that much money, why, why would you keep going? Like, go enjoy Europe or... I don't know. And it's a weird culture fit, right? Him being down there? <laughs> yes. It, it Intensely weird culture fit. Yeah. It, it's... Yes. It's weird. I, I would say it's be it'd be like Jimbo coming up to coach Michigan. I don't know enough about Jimbo. He's a Southern boy. But then, yes. Or Dan Mullen. You can have Dan Mullen. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> but other than that, we have our semis are lined up. Um, Bama, I believe, is 12 and a half, 12 and a half point favorites against Cincy. I think they cover that 13 easily. and a half, maybe. Um, and Georgia, Michigan is currently now eight and a half. I was going off the early line, but those games are New Year's Re- Eve. Eve. Yeah, the first game is Bama, Cincy, where the second game, realistically speaking, I see both SEC teams covering. I, I, yeah. I don't want that to be the case, obviously. But be a good rematch. It'd be a good game, which would be what a week into January? Uh, something like that. Now, as soon as Michigan's out, though, I cease to care. You won't watch the title game if Michigan's not in. No, heck, no. Really? It'll be, it'll start at like eight o'clock. I'll be wanting to be in bed like midway <laughs> through the second quarter. Like, are you, are you nah, saying nah. in basketball? No, no, definitely not. You'll watch a tournament even if yes, I just care. At about this point, you may be a bubble more. team <laughs> for real. You, you'll watch no matter what. Oh yeah, definitely as as much as possible, no matter what. Really? All right. Yeah. So you're just a basketball guy, not a football guy. Yeah. Let's get let's go on record though. Who's who's your pick? For the final whole, four? Whole, no. Uh, football. The football final four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, like, why would we be talking I'll about even, I'll even give you scores. Oh, all right. Bama, 37. Cincinnati, 17. Seems fair. Georgia, 24. Michigan, 13. All right. Yeah. Hammer the under in that game. I don't know what, what it, it is, but... Oh. Well, hammer the what under. If what if it's thirty-five? It could be. It could be low. Like I don't think they're going to score much against us, but I know we're not going to score much against them. Right? Because so. you know, we were talking about this earlier, but you guys largely we, you we bullied, enjoy running the. Football. You bullied Ohio State. Yes, that's. I mean, that game was pretty much a bullying from kick till zeros. Yeah, won't be able to bully Georgia. I wouldn't think so. You are going to have to sling it, which you have to admit. Could be fun to watch. I, I, it's something I haven't seen. I would enjoy seeing that. 
I think Cade's season high was like three, like low 300s against Michigan State. He's going to need more than that. He's going to need that, yeah. You never know. I'd love to see JJ spinning it in the college football semifinals. Thing is, you, I mean, historically, what I'm about to say is an absolute lie, but you get in the dance, who knows what happens? Anyone could win. It just hasn't happened yet. It doesn't, like, it doesn't basketball. I mean, the death thing is just so much more important in football. I can't, I don't know if there's really ever been an upset in the college football playoff, but Clemson over Bama that one time was a. Yeah, I think it, I think like it, maybe the Renfro year. Yeah, I think Clemson or Bama was favored. But um, other than that, it's very rare. I believe Bama has now been in the playoff seven out of eight years. They have been the one seed in like four or five of those to years. To be honest, that doesn't surprise me. That, But what surprises me is that they ever weren't in the playoffs. Like it seems so hard to believe. They have more playoff appearances no, they have more number one seeds in the college football playoff than the rest of this year's field has appearances combined. Yeah. And Nick Saban, like, I think makes Georgia's, the same amount of Georgia's money. the only one that's contributing to that in any way. So They've been there for right? Right, yeah. So it's four, com- and they have five number one seeds. Yeah. At, Saban is underpaid. Whatever he's paid, he's underpaid. Yeah. It's wild. Predictions with scores. Um... I really like that 37-17. I think that's the um, exact score. Yes. So I'm I'm going to stick right in there. I could see it being 31-14 in the Michigan game. Yeah, I I guess, I guess what could happen there is your It's it's scary to play Michigan when you guys have a lead. Yes, definitely. Because then you can run the ball down their throat, bleed the clock, and those two edge rushers yeah. have prima nocta. If and we, they can just go get after the if quarterback. If we don't have that, it... It becomes a much different yes, game. Yes, and, and Cade has to play a little bit more open, which is something he hasn't had to do. Like He, he never has to, to make a throw. A lot of times it's just throwing to just getting, getting back to be able to run the ball. Um, and when the other team can just pound the ball, those DNs become a lot less valuable yeah fortunately our linebacking core has really stepped up this year which will help but i mean it's it's still georgia like they were the no doubt about it best team in the country up until i believe 48 hours ago i heard over the weekend 12 draft picks on their defense which they don't even have to play all of them yeah if you're keeping track at home there's only 11 dudes on the field at a time Mm, curious Um, so yeah and then i will give a notre dame Prediction of 30 to 20. All right. 30 to 20. Jack Cohn throws eight touchdowns. I would give a prediction, but I just don't care. Have you seen Oklahoma State play a snap? Obviously not. (laughs) I haven't until two weeks ago. All right. Enough nonsense. Let's get to some business. Uh, This week, we had Rex Gocher from the sports card shop at MoCo in New Buffalo. Not far away. No, about what, 45 minutes from here? At most. Something like that. Rex was actually a really interesting interview because uh, he comes a little bit at, at it more from the business side. He His his background, and we'll get into this, is in retail. So um, he more saw sports cards as something that he could like get, you know, as an investment, something he could do with his kids, as opposed to like starting with an intense love of sports cards. And obviously he's there now. Um, but yeah, it, w- it was really interesting. Uh, Rex was a good guy who took quite a bit of time out of his day to talk with us. Great ripping table yep. at Rex's. Among among the best ripping tables. Yeah. Plus, I love that he's got like all of the ripping tools there. He's got the yep. the blade and the, the top loaders, et cetera. It, yeah, it was a good interview. So this was, um, was actually the first interview that we did 
uh, going up there. Um, and we knew you know, there's a lot of just good business advice outside of just cards. So it's a good one to send you into the Christmas season. Uh, we'll do some housekeeping when we come back, but we'll be off for a few weeks before we come back. We'll have some big names coming back. But, uh, yeah, Rex was a good one. Hopefully you enjoy it. And here's the man himself. This kid's outrageous. He buying them by the cases. We're here with Rex Gocher, the sports card shop at MoCo. We're in New Buffalo, Michigan. How are you doing, Rex? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, no problem. I, I started seeing uh, you on Instagram. It would have been months ago now. We were starting to put everything together. Um, I was pretty excited. There's going to be another card shop locally uh, as we're out of South Bend. My first question I'm going to dive right into. Who's the dream athlete to walk through this door right now? Oh, my gosh. Right this minute? Uh, I got to go with Johnny Bench for me. Oh, okay. For me. All right. So, but there's, there's some, there's some reasoning behind that. So I was born in Oklahoma. Uh, my whole family is pretty much lives in Oklahoma. There's a few stragglers around the country, but, uh, so we didn't have pro teams to root for, you know, when we were little, we moved around the country a lot, but we always followed players that were from Oklahoma too. So in the very early days, when I was very young, it was Mickey Mantle. And then in the 70s, Big Red Machine is Johnny Bench, you know, as a baseball player. So we always tended to follow and root for players in the pros that were from Oklahoma or maybe went to uh, University of Oklahoma. Uh, so Johnny Bench has uh, always been somebody that we followed. And uh, I still follow his career. I mean, he's very active on social media. You mentioned social media. He's very active on social media, too. Um, and uh, he's recently been posting some stuff from the uh, – uh, from Cooperstown that we've been uh, engaging with. Is there a Holy Grail uh, Johnny Bench card that you're going after? Have you have you been able to, to reel that one in? We have a rookie card, Johnny Bench. So we have actually two of them. One's in the case for sale, and then I have a higher graded one at home in the safe. So I got to ask, um, as somebody, we, we obviously don't own a sports card shop. I imagine that we would probably run ourselves bankrupt in terms of just ripping what we get in. How much do you rip on an average week? You know, not a lot. Uh, my boys, you know, who were really the impetus for us opening the shop, you know, they're 12 and 14 now. Uh, actually, shout out to Max. Today's his birthday. So my oldest. Happy so, birthday, Max. Um, but, uh, yeah, they started this whole journey about four years ago uh, when, they, when my youngest, Owen, started collecting uh, baseball cards. And, uh, you know, they started, we started buying them packs and we would take them to different shops and shows and things like that. And then um, the retailer in me, because I've been in the retail business for many years, um, uh, when I saw what was going on in the market, things started to click and I said, eh, there's something here. But um, the boys like to rip a lot. Uh, I don't rip a lot uh, very much, but I did rip a, a, a case or not a case, a box of Immaculate Baseball last week and uh, managed to pull a Shohei Otani. Uh, Autograph, oh, man. patch, game worn. Uh, so, you know, hottest player in the game. Well, arguably the hottest player in the game. So that was a nice pull. So you mentioned your kids. Uh, what what did collecting look like for you as a kid? Were you big into collecting? Uh, as, a, as a young kid, I was. I, I collected a couple different things. So the first thing, uh, when I first got into uh, baseball cards, that was uh, because of my dad. So he was in the Air Force. And when he would come home from leave, he would bring my brother and I... Um, uh, baseball cards and Hot Wheels. So this is, you know, I was very young there. I'm talking about age four to seven range. So we didn't treat the cards very well, obviously. We we played games with them. We would pitch them against the wall. You ever play pitch the penny or pitch pennies? You know, you were the closest to the wall. We did that with our baseball cards. So we definitely didn't treat them very well. Uh, and then the Hot Wheels, we played with them too. I mean, we didn't just collect them and look at them. We played with them. But 
so yeah, we collected those uh, as a kid. And then uh, as a preteen, I started collecting beer cans as well. I had a beer can collection with a friend of mine and then um, eventually sold that off uh, when uh, other things became more important. Uh, in life, so sometimes they do. So, yeah. at what point um, in your your adult life did the idea of kind of opening the store come about? Like, how did you take that from? Oh, I see that this could become you know a thing into opening up the shop here at Moco. So, I uh, as I mentioned, I've been in the retail business for uh, most of my adult career. I've, I've run stores for Nike. Uh, I used to be the general uh, manager of the Nike Town Store down on Michigan Avenue. I've run stores as a district manager for um, Brooks Brothers and also for Home Depot. My wife also has a retail background uh, in retail management. So uh, we own another retail business here in town unrelated to cards. And when um, when Owen and Max you know, really started to get into collecting and we saw what was happening with pricing, especially basketball cards, I think was the one that hit me first because I never really collected basketball cards as a kid. It was all baseball. Um, but when I saw the, the market, what was happening in basketball cards, I said, you know, there's something going on here. I said, so let's start looking into this. Let's see if there's a, if there's a way that we can um, do this as a family business. You know, the kids can learn um, about business. They have no interest in our other business, which is flooring, by the way. Uh, they have no interest in flooring, but they're very interested in cards, obviously. And I said, so this stuff that they would learn and, you know, actively participating and running a retail business is not something that they teach them in middle school. And I said, so let's, let's see if we can make this go. Started a, an eBay store. We had some success with that. And then um, when the pandemic shut down our other retail store, uh, we were in the midst of looking for a space, a small space to, um, to, to put the retail shop, uh, the card shop. And uh, we decided, well, we should really just take the space that we have now, reconfigure it, and uh, here we are. So uh, that's, that's really how it, how it evolved, and uh, we're very thankful that we did. It's been a great success for us so far, and uh, we're really excited to be in it. Speaking of the boys, you can't walk in here without noticing the art all over the place. Uh, your son is, is clearly very talented. Tell us a little bit about his, his art. Sure. Yeah. So that's Max. So I mentioned uh, that's my oldest. He's 14. So he um, uh, when we were in the midst of this pandemic shutdown last year, you know, we were really we were really selling a lot of cards online and we were also buying cards online. And uh, Max, you know, had heard about Topps Project 2020, which if you guys are familiar, uh, it was 20 artists that um, uh, reimagined 20 classic baseball cards uh, from different players. So he really uh, was drawn to those, and he said, you know, Dad, you should really look into these. Maybe we should start buying some of these, because um, it's an on-demand product. It's not something you could pull out of a pack. Um, and he said, I really like this stuff. He goes, and I, I you know, I'd, I'd like to do that. And I said, well, okay, do it. So I said, start making drawings. So he started making some drawings, and uh, we, he had, we had a, a social media following already with the card business, and... Um, we posted a couple up uh, on social media, Facebook, and people were, were saying, oh, these are great. Why don't you make one of these for me? Uh, so we made a few, we sold a few, and then uh, kind of took off from there. And then uh, what you see around the walls here are are basically, that's all his stuff. And, um, you know, he makes them into, you know, cards, you know, uh, uh, his design of cards. And uh, we send them to the printer, they print them up, and now they're on the walls. So. Do you PC anybody outside of Johnny Bench? Mickey Mantle. Uh, Patrick, do you have a 52 mantle? I do not. I do not. You Are you hunting one? or are you uh, just Not okay. actively yeah. because, uh, well, 
listen, if so, if something really a great deal dropped in my lap, I'd obviously have to consider it. But uh, no, I have a handful of you know Mickey Mantle cards, no rookies. Uh, but I have a handful of Mickey Mantle cards, and uh, I have a Hank Aaron. I have a couple Patrick Mahomes cards as well, uh, a Kobe Bryant, and um, and uh, a Michael Jordan. Uh, those are my main cards that I would say. I have a very small collection, especially compared to the kids. I mean, the kids, they have all the cards. I mean, they've got massive amounts of cards in their collection. So mine's a very small compared to theirs. So before we move on from from talking about owning the store, I've got to ask, um, I feel like I'm, I'm fascinated by um, the unseen sides of businesses. Like, what are some unexpected joys and pains that you've experienced from owning the card shop? Um... Well, one of the things that we underestimate, and I think maybe uh, other people that are considering opening a shop or um, or who have opened a shop, I don't know if their experience is the same, is that um, the number of opportunities that come to you, meaning that uh, people come to you with their collections or their individual cards, more so than you actually having to go hunt them. So then we do a fair amount of that too. We have... You know, we're always buying cards. If it's, let, let me qualify that. We're buying cards if it's something that, you know, we can make money on. Now, of course. We're, we're not investing in cards per se, other than, you know, our personal collections we have, you know, whatever. But as far as the business is concerned, we're, we're buying and selling cards. So we're turning cards. We're not actually, you know, buying it, holding it, and, you know, seeing what happens with it uh, as far as the business goes. But um, once you have a, a retail storefront, you know, and you have a phone number attached to it, you have a Google page, you have a social media presence, you have all those things working together. Um, the word is out now that this is a place, at least geographically now, that you can come and you can sell your cards. So those opportunities exist and uh, it's really been great for us. Let's, let's talk specific product. Um, I think for new collectors, it can be tough wading through what's worth the money, what's not. Um, you could even get into license versus unlicensed for right. specific sports. Um, highlight a couple products that if someone was walking into not only your card shop, any card shop in the country, you would recommend them paying up for a hobby box. Uh, so that's that's tough because everybody's situation is a little bit different, but... Um, so we could talk about basketball, who's, you know, prices, you know, have accelerated, you know, recently. Uh, I think, you know, one of the, the more reasonably priced hobby boxes we've had um, is one of the most recent releases. And that's it, not all that recent anymore is clearly Don Russ. Uh, it's not a ton of cards, but at $169 retail, I mean, there's not another basketball, current basketball hobby box you can get um, at that price level. Um other stuff I, I really like. So you mentioned uh, unlicensed versus licensed. Um, these are actually, I guess, when you say unlicensed, unlicensed by the MLB, but licensed by the MLB Players Association is Prism Baseball. I agree. So it's yeah. loaded this year and, and has been really great for us. And the customers have really responded well to it. Um, and as far as value goes, it's great. And then I mentioned also Immaculate Baseball the other day. So now I'm biased because... You know, I, I saw what was in there. Um, uh, aside from the Otani card, the cards just look amazing. And there's some great stuff in there. Uh, so I, I, I really like those products as well. Uh, I always think Topps Chrome is uh, a good, if you will, investment year after year. So if you're going to buy boxes or cases and keep them sealed, 
uh, it's hard to go. It's hard to. It's hard to go wrong with Topps Chrome year after year. I mean, you see what it does year after year. Um, you know, if you were going to buy something and hold, I would say you know Topps Chrome is a great, uh, great, great product. So obviously, you have you know boxes flying off the shelves all the time here. What are some of the best cards that you've seen ripped uh, in your store, whether it's by you or the boys or somebody that that's purchased from here? So, oh my gosh, it's so numerous. So well, I mean, it happens. You know. It's it's unusual that we go through a week that somebody doesn't you know pull something great, but it's it always depends on you know the person too. So Max, you know he gets excited when he pulls the players that he collects, which are uh, Carson Edwards, which you know that's not something that you hear all the time. Um, uh, and the other one is uh, oh the kid out of Michigan, uh, Cassius Winston. Um, so he's he's big into basketball, uh, and so he gets really excited whenever he pulls those cards. Um, Owen is a huge Cubs fan and, uh, still, even though he's not a Cub anymore, um, he's a big Rizzo fan, but the one that Owen pulled recently. So we talked about prism, uh, for his birthday, which was last month, uh, he wanted a, a prism, uh, hobby box. Um, so he pulled the Luis Robert lava flow out of Ooh, that, yeah. which was a great card for him. Uh, and that was just recently, uh, we've also had, you know, customers pull some high end Zions out of, uh, optic choice, um, some Justin Herbert, you know, exclusives out of mosaic choice, just some, you know, Genesis, uh, we had a two, a Genesis pulled by a customer once out of mosaic. Um, so there've been some, some big cards, you know, like, you know, these, some of these are approaching the $10,000 mark, uh, uh, in cards. Uh, so the customers were obviously very excited. Um, even recently, so out of the, I mentioned the, um, uh, the Don Russ, the clearly Don Russ, one of the cards, one of our, uh, one of our most regular customers pull was that triple rated rookie retro mm -hmm. with Lamello, Zion, and Luca on it. Um, and that uh, he was pretty excited about that too. He's a big basketball collector. How do you go about deciding when someone someone comes in with some great cards, buying for PC versus resale, or does the business side of you just say it's all going to be resale? Yeah, it starts there because that's you know that's what we that's what we do. But you know if there's something in there that one of the boys you know would like you know if they're here, obviously they'll get involved in it too. So and that happens all the time. So. Um, if somebody has a, a card that one of the boys actually wants for their collection and they actually call it out and say, Hey, you know, I'd like to have that. Uh, then they step in and they'll, they'll, they'll make the deal. What kind of, what, what card would come in here that would have you considering dipping into personal savings hmm. <laughs> to land? So, uh, yeah, we mentioned mantle rookies, uh, that, that would be there. Uh, Michael Jordan rookies, um, anything Babe Ruth. So I'd, I'd love to have a Babe Ruth card and I've never had one. I'd love to have a Babe Ruth card. Um, you know, anything like that pre-war, maybe even a Ty Cobb, those types of things. And recently we bought a uh, collection from a family friend out in Arizona and they were uh, a collection. Uh, part of the collection were some 1910 T206s. And no Ty Cobb, no Honus Wagner, but there was, and there is a sitting on my desk over there now, uh, there is a Cy Young. So uh, that's one of the kind of cards that I think about. So it'll go to graded. It's not great condition. It's creased. It'll probably be an SGC one, uh, but that's the kind of card that I would consider, you know, keeping in my personal collection. I just, the older, the better for me. I just really love the old stuff. 
uh, you know, not to dismiss the new stuff because I think it looks great. I think Panini's and, and Tops and Upper Deck, they've all done a great job with card design over the last few years. Uh, and I love a lot of that stuff. Uh, but that old stuff is just, uh, there's just something about it for me. Do you think there's any particular leagues or players right now that are being slept upon in terms of both pricing or, or popularity? He wants to hear soccer. That's oh. Yeah, I, I want to hear <laughs> soccer here. So, you, well, so you might be asking the wrong guy about soccer, but soccer <laughs> is absolutely huge, you know, um, uh, around the country and worldwide. And I think the opportunity is, uh, is really just beginning there. Um, soccer, as far as demand here in New Buffalo, is not the highest. Um, but, you know, that would change, you know, depending on where you go around the country. Uh, and uh, certainly across the world, you know, if you go overseas, you know, soccer is going to have a much higher demand. So I think sometimes we have a tendency to get, you know, blinders on when we think about, you know, what moves here versus what moves worldwide. Uh, and soccer is definitely uh, a category that people need to uh, pay attention to. Formula One is another. So Formula oh, One yeah, did really well. Um, you know, we had a limited amount of Formula One Chrome, and then we had some Sapphire, uh, and that stuff sold really well for us. And, uh, you know, if I could get my hands on some more of that stuff at a reasonable price, I would buy it. Um, and I do think that uh, the popularity of that sport, again, worldwide, and even in the United States, is growing tremendously. And uh, those cards are, uh, particularly, there's two or three uh, drivers in, in that sport that are really uh, that are really making that one go. I want to get into the weeds for a minute. You, you're, you are uniquely um, able to answer this question with your background in retail. The Fanatics deal. Yep. Coming in, you know, with all three sports so far. What do you think the future holds with Fanatics? I know a lot of rumors are they're going to go direct to consumer. <laughs> Or they could embolden the hobby shops even more by having that relationship. What do you see that looking like um, by the time that comes up in a handful of years? Yeah, so I, you know, there's a lot going on. And I, I would preface this by saying um, these are my opinions only and I have no inside information or knowledge or connections. I mean, I have connections, obviously, with these different companies. We have an account with Fanatics. We buy uh, memorabilia. We buy T-shirts. We buy hats from them. Um, so we have an account with them. We have an account with all the other players as well, or all the other uh, card makers as well. Uh, but I don't. This, this this is only coming from me. It's not coming from any of them. But here's here's what I see. There's a couple things. Number one, uh, I just recently returned from Vegas from the industry summit, where this was the big question on everybody's mind: What's going to happen? What's it going to look like? You know, what are shops going to do? What are breakers going to do? How are they going to get product, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Josh Luber was there, and he was on one of the panels, and everybody was waiting for him to, you know, answer all the burning questions. He didn't really do that, but he did say that, you know, in his opinion, that, you know, hobby shops are the lifeblood uh, and on the front lines of, of the hobby. Uh, and I would tend to agree with him. Obviously, I'm biased. But I think more to the point, there's a couple things. So uh, going back to my retail background, and I'll mention Nike again, um, Nike is a good example of, I think, what Fanatics is building something similar. So Nike is uh, a designer, they're a manufacturer, they're a wholesaler, they're an internet retailer, they're a brick and mortar retailer, both at outlet and at the retail level, and they're a marketing company. So they're all of those things, and they peacefully coexist with the um, 
the retailers that they helped build, Foot Locker, Finish Line, Champs, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I know that they're narrowing that scope. So, um, you know, a lot of the smaller shops are, are not going to be carrying Nike as, you know, things go forward. But those companies that they've helped build and have been loyal to them for a long period of time, they're going to still continue to be business partners with them. Dick's and all those companies like that. Um, and I think that's a direction that I see Fanatics going. Um the other thing that, you know, shops were sort of concerned about is, you know, art is, you know, I know you hear a lot of that. Is this the end of shops? Well, no, it's not the end of shops. And I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's not even close to the end of shops. First of all, there are um, 600 shops that are currently participating in Panini's player of the day, NFL player of the day promotion. So um, I don't have an exact number, but there's probably twice that many shops in the country altogether. So you're looking at, you know, 12, 1500 shops, maybe around the country um, opening that many stores, which, again, I did that for Brooks Brothers. I open source for Brooks Brothers. Opening 1200 stores is a monumental task. So if they were going to try to replace that level of volume, um, that's going to take them years to accomplish. It's not going to happen even in the five years that they have. It's just not it's not feasible in most cases. The other thing about <clears throat> the hobby shops being the lifeblood, we talked about buying collections. So corporations, uh, again, at least in my experience, and I'm not saying it can't be done, um, but a hobby shop, there's a lot of negotiating. There's a lot of cash that, that changes hands. There's a lot of buying and selling and trading that goes on. So the mechanisms that are, that are in place from an individual hobby shop, they're all different and everybody handles those things differently. It would be very difficult for a corporation to set a standard across the board of, hey, this is how we're going to handle this. This is how we're going to buy collections. This is how we're going to handle trades. Uh, be very difficult to train to that level, if you understand what I'm saying. So, yes, I think that they will sell wax at the retail level. I think they will sell wax directly. I think it makes sense for them to do so. Um, but I don't think, you know, as far as singles go, as far as singles uh, trading in, trading out, uh, and buying and selling collections like that. I don't think most corporations are equipped to handle that. Uh, that's why I think that the local uh, card shops will always have a place. That's great to hear. Um, so let's wrap up with this. Um, what are a couple things that overall make the hobby worthwhile and special to you? Well, um, we... We, uh, I am very active in the community in youth sports and even high school sports. So I'm an assistant coach at the high school football team. Uh, I've coached youth sports, uh, all three sports, uh, baseball, basketball, baseball for a number of years. Uh, my kids are involved in sports. Uh, I like to connect sports and kids and the hobby. That's one of our main goals. So the growth of the industry, if you will, or the sector or um, just the cards is, is really dependent largely on the younger generation. So I'm really glad to see so many kids in the hobby and excited about cards. And if we can continue to connect, you know, the sports they play and the sports they watch on TV and the cards they collect, I think that's the win for us. And that's what I get excited about. Uh, beyond that, uh, just the fact that I can do this with my sons. I mean, it is, it's, it's really a great experience and look, you know, we're a family just like any other, you know, we have disagreements, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have our trials and tribulations, but at the end of the day, you know, Tina, um, 
uh, Max and Owen and I, uh, we just really love this business and uh, we, we like what it's become and we see the potential for it to be even bigger and, uh, and greater and, uh, and uh, we couldn't be happier. So if you're in the Midwest, swing by New Buffalo. Sports Card Shop at MoCo is on US 12 in New Buffalo. You can visit them online at the Sports Card Shop at MoCo.com. Facebook, they're at the Sports Card Shop. Instagram at the Sports Card Shop at MoCo. And Twitter at Sports, or excuse me, at Card Shop at MoCo. Rex, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to talk with us. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming, guys. So that was Rex Gochert, Sports Cards at MoCo in New Buffalo. If you're ever on the west side of the state of Michigan, be sure to stop in. West side? <laughs> yeah, west side. Um, as we discussed, he's got some of his, his kids' artwork up there in the store. Um, Good-looking good place. Very, very well done. What? You're, you're a Michigan guy. Sure exactly. I am. What? Is there different stereotypes for areas of the state? Oh, yeah. Big time. Zero. So your your west side, like maybe not quite New Buffalo, but north of New Buffalo is getting into like the Grand Rapids area. And that tends to be a massively conservative Christian area. Like there is a big time bubble kind of around Grand Rapids in the suburbs. You have the opposite of that bubble in the Detroit area, which tends to be very liberal, specifically Ann Arbor. Um, Flint and Saginaw, rough areas places you don't tend to want to go on purpose. And then north of 10 is Canada. Up, yeah, <laughs> is up and I'm using air quotes here up north, which I mean, it's God's country up there. God's country. And then north of the bridge is I don't literal know, Canada. I don't know bears. Like I, I don't I don't know what's up there. The baby Canada and then literal Canada. Yeah, literal Canada. Um the I I like the west side of Michigan in the summer. It's yeah. nice when you're on Lake Michigan there. Really from New Buffalo up to, what are some other ones, like something Haven? Grand Haven. Um, uh, St. Joseph. I think St. Joe's is kind of in the New Buffalo area. Yeah, Nice. Great pizza place in, in uh, St. Joe's. Silver Dollar. Beach. Silver Beach. Silver something. So, I know. Silver something, yeah. Um, and New Buffalo, I believe, has Redimax. Are you a fan? Uh, I've been there. It's fine. Not really your kind of place, I don't think. It's fine. Like, Do they have tendies? I'm sure they did. Like, Before we get into Christmas talk. Oh my gosh. You, hot seat, Jay Hall. I didn't. Are I, you okay? Yeah. So he's talking about there. I saw tweets. Oh, uh, I. So I saw two separate occasions afterwards. Obviously, so I, obviously I didn't read the article. It's a real deal. Not really a read the article type of guy. But it sounds like there is about to be a international shortage of chicken tenders. I may starve. Like, what, what else do I eat? So. When you go to, where do we go? We went to Soho, which is like a hibachi place where they cook in front of you. Steak, grilled chicken, shrimp. You were scouring the menu for tendies. I was not scouring the menu for tendies. Where's the tendies? I was not. (laughs) Went to, uh, here's my question. Next month, we're going to Fogo de Chao. William, you know what I'm talking about. Are you going to ask for tendies? No, I like uh, other. I think you will. <laughs> I think you will. I like other things. Just I prefer chicken tendies to all of them. How many times a week will you have tendies? I mean, if it was left up to me, it'd be four or five. But my wife sets the menu, so. Whitney disappears. You're a bachelor now. How many times are you eating tendies? I mean, it probably would be like every other. Just go back and forth with pizza. Best tendies in the country. Oh, that is a tough one. Um, Texas Roadhouse is probably my current number one. Really? Call them chicken critters there. You like yep. the rolls there? Oh, yeah. The cinnamon butter? Definitely. What about when they dance? When they dance? 
You've never seen them dance at Texas Roadhouse? Uh, no. I think it's like every hour on the hour. They do like a line dance. Really? Would you join? Heck no. <laughs> I'd be... That, that might be a deal breaker for me. I don't know what I would do. Oh, I'd be you, deeply uncomfortable. Okay. Well, sometime we're going to Texas Roadhouse and we're going to make sure we're there when they dance. Yeah, I don't want to see It's like that. a whole song and everything. It's very country. Huh. I, well, I mean, yeah. it's very Texas. Country, <laughs> Texas, Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you a Christmas music guy? I... Oh, all right. So you knew me when we were both at Bethel. Um, Vaguely. We both know of town and country, we, which is right across the street. My job was Radio Shack. Mm. I slung phones, um, fuses, stuff that... Batteries. I, yeah. Stuff I didn't know how it worked. So much Christmas. That, so they start after Halloween. Oh, that's too early. Because of customer psychology or whatever. And it runs through New Year's Day. I mean, that makes sense. People are more apt to buy it when they're thinking, oh, I have to start Christmas shopping. But now I'm a good dec- decade plus removed from that. I I won't go out of my way to put Christmas music on, but I don't mind it. I just downloaded a uh, Ed Sheeran, Elton John Christmas song. I'll oh, check it out at some point. I bet that's good. Yeah. I trust both of them to sing yeah. Christmas music. Are you So you're more of a modern guy than like the traditionals. There's a problematic one, right? Maybe it's cold outside. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very big, big rapey vibes. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are, uh, that one's getting the X from our show. <laughs> so that one's out. There are s- Frosty the Snowman, I guess, is fine. You know who has some Christmas songs that I like? No. Ying Yang Twins. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did not know pretty, that. Check it out. So those pretty are the traditional good. ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you hate music, so I assume. I actually like Christmas music. Like, that's really? one of... Probably the songs that I've listened to most in this world are Taylor songs and Christmas songs. Easter music? You like Easter music? Is there such a thing? Like President's Day music's pretty good. <laughs> Flag Day. <laughs> um, Earth Day music's real crunchy. So if T-Swift put out a Christmas album, at this point, at this point I probably and, wouldn't, but like college age, Jordan, At one yeah. point? Yeah. What do you, what's your thoughts on just the Christmas season in general? Big fan. Big fan. I feel like I don't, I don't feel the magic quite like I did in younger days, just because, you know, the world beats you down and realize that everything is meaningless, but it's a bummer, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I, I enjoy it. I like, uh, I was going to say, I like giving and receiving gifts. Probably that's actually not true. Um, I mean, getting gifts is fine. Giving gifts is, you know, I'm a big, I, I like giving gifts more so even like the giving. I just, I love to have something to plan for. So I'll like start early November like, and get a game plan. Like, I literally have a Google Doc on, like, who gets what. I feel I like we're discovering love, you're a massive nerd. I, I just love planning. I love pl- It's the OCD in me. Like, I want there to be a plan. I like crossing stuff off as it gets done. Love it. You got Tina bought for already? Yes. Are we in the trust tree? Oh, we're definitely in the trust tree. She wasn't tree. even on the Google Doc. It was, she has a shared Amazon list, and I just did, like, an add-all-to-cart type thing. Okay. And it all came. Um, gotcha. cause I don't trust myself on like yeah, what I'm trying to get. Um, but it's here. Here's another question I have for you. When does your Christmas tree go up? We, so we, uh, this year and the previous, uh, last year we went to Florida fairly like, I don't know, a couple weeks before Christmas. Don't tell me one doesn't go up. What? Does one not go up at all? Oh no, it goes up, okay. but it goes up earlier because you're taking like a week out of our schedule of seeing Thanksgiving. 
I think this year we did, yeah. Okay. We still don't know, we still don't have ornaments on it yet, but real or fake? Fake. Yeah. I don't, want a, I don't want a real tree in my house. That is absurd. <laughs> Why in the world would you do that? They make fake ones. Do you Okay, so it's that Animals time. Animals come in trees. It's that time of year. It is. And Christmas stuff is going up. Yep. Are you helping put up any of the decor- decorations? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm helping to put the ornaments on the tree. Like all of the rest of it is is Wit's domain. Here's a problem. I'm not sure I'd be welcome to help, but I don't want to either, so it works out. Here's a problem I want to run by you. Growing up, ornaments on the tree, it was like just random stuff. It was like, mm-hmm. this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. That's a no-go in this house. It has to be like all uniform stuff, and like this is... So I have to have my own tree in the basement where like the random stuff can go up. That makes sense. Does your is your tree not allowed to have random stuff? Oh no, we have we have yeah. random okay, stuff. That's but the way, that's the way it should be. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm fine with with that though. Like especially if you have your own place for your like macaroni necklaces and whatnot. Do you have an Akil Badu? I do not. I we I do have a Tigers ornament. I have a Tigers ornament, a Man United ornament, and a Michigan basketball ornament. A Michigan football. Uh, what a bandwagoner. Yeah. <laughs> do you do stockings? We have in the past, but we're not getting, getting each other anything this year. So do we're you, hoping to go to Duke Notre Dame as our Christmas. Big Coach K guy. <laughs> I mean, kind of. That's New Year's Day. Yeah. Be a great day for Notre Dame. Beat Duke in basketball and win a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl. Pretty likely the op- complete opposite happens. But, Definitely. Um, so say you get each other a few small things, but you typically go to Florida for Christmas? Uh, Pre-Christmas. You take the gifts with you? No. No? We would. See, I'm not a big, like, celebrate things on the day guy. Like, I'm, I'm more than willing to celebrate Christmas on the 14th thinking, like, oh, yeah, Christmas is coming up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, think, weird. I think there's something special about celebrating a day, like making a specific day different than all of the other days. But I, I don't, it doesn't have to be on Christmas. It doesn't have to be. Jesus like, was on, born on exactly December 25th. Knock ex- it off. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> um, white Christmas. You a big white Christmas guy. Do you prefer snow on Christmas? No, I hate white everything. Why would I want white Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass on, on white at any point during the year. So no, I don't. I would prefer a. It's not a little magical if you have some snow for Christmas. I mean. You don't tear up a little bit? No. I don't remember the last time I teared up about anything. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some Christmas stuff. Let's start with, did we do a budget or no budget? If you were going to buy ourselves a gift. Um, I didn't put a budget, so no budget. Okay. But realistically, we did mention, like, we can't gift ourselves a PSA 10 Jordan rookie. Yes. Okay. You kick us off. All right. I'll go first. Um, I gifted myself, and this was uh, raw. A 2021. You're gifting t- yourself a raw card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tactical mistake. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a Topps Merlin Chrome uh, Orange Refractor Muakoko to 25. It's currently on eBay for 800 bucks, free shipping. Kind of like that. Yeah. Mine is a. Since we're being realistic, I'm going PSA nine. The ten is decent. Um, a PSA nine of. Juan Soto, first Bowman Chrome Auto. Yeah. Anything non-base. Don't care what it is. Could be the refractor, could be a color. Anything non-base. The 10s are 
any of those things are going to make you much, much money in the future. I have been chasing one of those for so long. I keep posting it. Some dude in the Facebook group had one. He was trying to move a BGS nine, I think for the refractor, but he wanted like five, five, which seems a touch. What a clown. Um, (laughs) What if you gave him like two and then a bunch of IOUs or some top shots? Top shots. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Lonnie Walker. A Soto is what I would. All right, so we also decided that we would get something for our spouses, our fathers, and each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to start with? Let's start with spouses. All right. For my spouse, I got her a Target e-gift card because I know that if I got her, if I spent actual money on a card for her, I might be looking for a new place to live. Yeah, and you can't come. So, can't, we have Rob already, so yeah, uh, our, yeah that, we're that, full. That may be the end of things. So I, I did not spend... I stayed in the spirit of it and got, (laughs) would get her a card. Whatever the most sought after Chris Thomas card is, which I imagine will come around or else. I am sorry, Chris Thomas, if you listen. He does. He does. I think we're safe. Also, I have no idea who that is. I assume it'd be five bucks. He was an All American for Notre Dame basketball in the. Chris, oh, Chris Tom, basketball. I was thinking. I was thinking football. Nope. Oh, I know who that guard, is. Actually, point guard, yeah. number one, definitely. Whatever the most sought after card for him is, she'd like that. That is her PC. It is exactly one card deep right now because we found a autograph Chris Thomas rookie at Shannon Show, and some dude said, "Listen, if you buy the card, I'll throw it in." <laughs> um, is he hot? Is that is that the? I assume that was the issue back then. I but that's just her. She also got I think like a Notre Dame jersey at some point, and of course it was just number one. Yeah, which so you would have been a Chris Thomas yeah. jersey. So sense. yeah, Chris Thomas. Uh, I get her that whatever the one of one auto whatever jersey match jersey match <sighs> like that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our to our fathers. Um, I got my dad, and the current bidding is at three dollars. A uh, Skeeter so really love Skeeter Barnes <laughs> Cincinnati Reds nineteen eighty five Donruss rookie autograph signed card. Um, this is a person that was a I want to say like a Tigers organizational coach that he once uh, spent some time talking to through an outfield fence down at spring training. So I think at so the it have some meaning to it. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he Skeeter played for the Tigers like 80s, early 90s. So my dad like knew him through that, like knew of him through that. Then had a little bit of time talking to him through the fence. Big Skeeter guy. I think he wants him on the uh, the big league uh, coaching staff even since today. All right. So I would do three, $3. I'm actually getting lower a couple of them. Ooh. I'd get him a, I'd get it slabbed. Whatever slab, Juju Smith's. Juju Smith-Schuster rookie. The man loves Juju. I have never got an explanation for it. Juju went to USC. I have no idea. Maybe it's a cool name. It is a cool name. What I think happened was like ESPN might have done like a feature on him at some point. And Juju is a very like fun guy and likable guy. And I think Lur saw that feature and was like, I love this guy. And now he's just, and he takes him way too high in fantasy. Speaking of, so it probably been about this time last year. I saw a Deshaun Watson feature like that. They showed him like going around the world and like invest in his community and all this stuff. I'm like, Deshaun's a, apparently a good guy. Turns out not so much. Yeah. Ask the massage therapist. They yeah. may have a different story. Yeah. Still a good buy at this point though. <laughs> Obviously. Um, well, maybe I, even if I got Tina another card, she really likes Derek Carr for the exact same reason. I left the TV on at one point. Some puff piece came on. Derek Carr's got the whole Christian like Tebow thing yeah, going. Nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Some puff piece came on. She's like, I really like Derek Carr. So whatever. The other one I would get Lur 
is his favorite player growing up. We're obviously massive Cub fans. His favorite player was Billy Williams. So I give him a Billy Williams rookie. I don't know what he'd do with it, but when I was a kid, I wanted to get him a Christmas gift. So was his name William Williams? I'll look it up. Um, <laughs> Will William William Williams? <laughs> when um, well, they always say like people aren't born Billy, but I just heard on a podcast. Well, people aren't born Randy; they're Randall. Randy think, Moss was born Randy. I think that's I think that's different. I think I think Randy is far more of a standalone name than Billy. Billy was born Billy. All right, Billy Leo Williams would have been a lot funnier if he was William. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was his favorite player growing up. When I was younger, I decided one year I was like. I'm going to get my dad a Christmas present. So I went on eBay, as one does. As one does. And I got a, like, 8 by 10 frame thing. <laughs> there was a little postcard autographed by Roy Williams, who was KU's coach at the time. And then there was a Roy Williams, Wayne Simeon photo in it. And I was like, he'll like this. And it's still hanging on his wall to this day. Wow. So that, was, that was a home run. Big money. And that was before Bill Self, or uh, Roy Williams started paying off refs. And yep. Oh, wait, that, that was Bill Self. Yeah. Disregard. Disregard. Roy Williams we'll cut that. a saint. He left KU. He's got, got a bit of a horse face. No, rude. But <laughs> It's true. Just because things are rude doesn't mean they're not true. All right. Well, let's rattle off some more true things. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. This is what I would get you, and I feel like we've discussed this before, but I would get you a 2021 National Treasures Jason Alexander as George Costanza yes. uh, jersey patch, assistant to the traveling secretary. This one is numbered. It's number two of ninety nine. Looks like I can get it by buy it now. Two grand. No. Oh, there is OBO, so I can probably get it for you for like eighteen hundred. I have a feeling in a couple of years that probably that card is going to be a few hundred dollars. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> Not going to age well. Um. What I would get you, there's a lot of ways I could do it. Everyone's like, well, of course you'd get them something soccer. There's one I want, I had trouble tracking down. I actually wanted to get you, and it wouldn't be terribly expensive. But that triple auto that Indy Card Exchange pulled out of a break a while back with your three arms. Oh, that would be sick. Because if those three anchor a rotation to go in a World Series, that's a cool little piece to have. Definitely. It was a, it's a triple auto of Mize, uh, Manning, and Scooble. Scooble, yeah. That's a cool card. That's the, that's the future but if right I was there. going soccer, I'd go with my... Actually, I probably wouldn't. I, the contenders rookie of uh, Greenwood. Probably. Oh yeah, I've I've had my eye on that one because you're a Greenwood guy, and yeah. like Mbappe's the obvious thing. But you can get a higher quality Greenwood, obviously, mm-hmm. at the same price point as a lower Mbappe. So well, you gotta love a contenders ticket. Gotta love it. Although it's they made, made you a lifetime worth of money. I haven't seen them, but it seems like they don't sign them in soccer. It's just the ticket. Yeah, I yeah the the Dusan Vlajevic one is the same way. Which I mean if. Pretty nice if there was some of him. I mean, I wouldn't be able to afford him, but people would be Does able Mbappe to. Mbappe have any autos out there? I have not seen an Mbappe auto. Let's get him on the show. Get him, get him on the show. Um, before we sign off, uh, I know that you have some Christmas movie hot takes, specifically what your best one is. And it's, it's a, a, oh, it's oh, a time hot of, take. <laughs> it's a time of year to get stuff like that on the record. I will say it again like say ever. So last year on a now defunct show. R.I.P. Um, all four of us, us. Both of us, the other Jordan and former New York Knicks, Wichita NBA State legend, superstar. Ron Baker. Apparently, it is off in the ether now because we scrubbed our channels. Um, but we dead. we did a draft of Christmas movies. And I am telling you, the, the best Christmas movie out there is Office Christmas Party. I haven't seen it. I don't know why you're looking at me. Watch it. It's too long. It's a movie. Watch it. 
you know what? Break it into three. Call it a TV show. That I, that I could do. I will. Here's what I'll do because I'm going to watch it again shortly. Mm-hmm. I will find a natural breaking point to break it into thirds. Right. How's that? What's it on? Um, I will send it to you. Yeah, I'm sure I can find via it. Via Apple because I don't think it's on any of the streamers. Mm. So I will send it to you as a gift. Wow. I will High come roller. up with the breaking up into thirds. It's a great movie. It has Ehrlich from Silicon Valley. Love Ehrlich. Jason Bateman. And less keen on Bateman. Bate. All right, so this is where we fist fight almost. Bateman is so underrated that he is now overrated. He's the Eli Brooks of actors. Bateman is so funny. I find that very hard to believe. Even in things he's funny in, he's not funny. It is just a, like, smart aleck, dry humor that it, he's so funny. I assume you've never seen Ozark on Netflix? Obviously not. You would be praising at the altar Jason Bateman if you've seen Ozark. I do not believe you, but And you know where he's from in Ozark. This city. South Bend? Yep. Huh. Big South Bend shout out to Nozark. Um, something about... Where in town? Um, football and God being the only two things here. Yeah. yeah. Not, um, not, not too wrong. Yeah, she says something like... Great marketing. Because they're in Missouri, obviously, at the Ozarks. It's like, you're a Cardinals fan? She's like, yeah, are you? And he's like, well, I'm from South Bend. No, I like the Cubs. So so we don't know where in town he's from. We do not. Probably Southside. Fingers crossed for next season lets us know. <laughs> I'm sure it's high on their priority list. But he, so he's in it. Um, Jennifer Aniston, not sure how you feel about her. Um, I do know who she is, yes. Yeah, she's in it. Olivia Munn. Um, what's her name? Sloan, Sloan Sabbath from uh, Newsroom. Attractive. She's in it. Um, and then like a lot of SNL people, uh, Kate McKinnon, who plays Hillary Clinton, is in it. Uh, the chick that plays Miley Cyrus is in it. The Asian, Asian Jim from The Office. He also oh, plays yeah, Kim yeah, Jong-un yeah. in interviews in it. Um, Asian Jim. There, there's Jimmy Butler's in it. That, um, does, that doesn't move me in the right direction <laughs> towards seeing the, that. The one that steals a scene. She only has one scene. She did stand up here last year when we were gone for PGU. I was upset I missed it. I don't know her name. But she's a comedian, and she has one scene where she's an Uber driver, and it is one of the funniest scenes in TV history. Is it like Frizzy Hair check? Yes. Uh, Fortune Feim- Feinster? That's Feinster? who it is. So funny. Yeah, she was here. she was here this summer, too. Yeah, so funny. Oh, is this the summer you're talking about? Yes. So watch that. Other than that, like I always get heat for this, but all Christmas Day I'm going to have Christmas Story on. People don't like it. I was going to say, there's no way Tina likes that. It, no, she doesn't. It's comforting for me, though. I like it. All right. It's nostalgic. Um, we are both big Home Alone guys. Yes, I, uh, like Home Alone. I mean, South, South Bend Shuffle Slayer. One or two? Uh, two. I think I agree. I, I think, so obviously one is great, but one, and I had this discussion with somebody on Twitter, one throws paint cans so that two can throw a bar. <laughs> and if you know, you know. So I also just like, I'm a big New York guy, so him being in New York is yeah. is big for me. So I once saw Home Alone 2 at the State Theater in Traverse City where Michael Moore, the filmmaker, is a big deal. He was He like gave the intro to the movie because... There's a Trump cameo in there. And he led a hearty, hearty boo at the time when he came on the screen, like popped back out and was like, boo. That's nothing better to do. No, he doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah. And the. You were there for it? Yeah, I was there. I was in the, was in the balcony. <laughs> that had to be something. It, it was. <laughs> it was definitely something. The line of the movie, I feel like nobody ever quotes this one. Uh, Marv. Marv's the tall one. Marv's I, I have constantly get the two mixed up. Mar- Marv, like, walks in the front door, and there's nothing there, so he falls, like, three stories. 
like gets up, cracks his neck. It's like, wow, what a hole. <laughs> that's one you like. That is, that's as good a line as it gets. Any other Christmas movies you'll make sure to watch? Um, I was big into Elf for a while, but I've seen it so many times now that like it kind of wears a little thin. Have you seen one called The Night Before? No. Has Seth Rogen, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Anthony Mackie. That one's pretty good. So you're into more like the edgy adult ones, yeah. I like Fred Claus. I mean, it's kind I of. I do like in Fred Claus. And Four Christmases. Seen Four Christmases? I have. Allegedly, Whitney's parents walked out of Four Christmases early on. Is there like a sex scene in the beginning? I think it's like PG. Okay, it might have been a different Maybe movie. Maybe it's PG 13. Might have been a different movie. Um, There's a wrestling scene that could be. Are there penises <laughs> exposed? Is this a Borat situation? No, I don't All think right. so. Uh, I might have been thinking of a different movie. Okay. Um,. Yeah, like National Lampoons. You watch that one at all? The Chevy I've, Chase one? I've seen it. I'm not a huge... I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. I've definitely seen it. So here's the thing about old stuff is it kind of sucks. Yeah. Other than Christmas Story. Christmas Story. And Home good. Alone. And Home Alone. Yeah. We need some new Christmas movie bangers, I think. Yeah, I mean, the Hallmark Channel's been trying at that for years. They seem pretty Will you watch pretty. the Hallmark ones? No, absolutely not. Another thing before we sign off, another thing I like to do. So I like to go watch the Christmas episodes of my favorite TV shows. Yes, definitely. I love doing that. King of Queens, I'll knock those out. Festivus. Seinfeld. And Seinfeld really only has the one. Yeah. I believe. Um, it's also, I mean, it's about, like, most of the main characters are Jewish. So Seinfeld. Or and, the Chris, and the writers are both yeah, Jewish. Yeah, Christmas is not yeah. necessarily something that's, like, huge on the radar. <laughs> um, Office has a lot of good yes. ones. Yes. A lot of good ones. Yankee Swap. But it's Benihana Christmas. Benihana Christmas. <laughs> Asian Hooters. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that that's the other little pro tip. I'll knock those out all the way through Christmas. Do you watch Christmas stuff at any other time during the year or just no, Christmas No, I'm not time? a deviant. Yeah. Are you a big New Year's? Because we're not going to be back until after the New Year's. So, happy New Year's, everybody. Ooh, we did it. 2022. 2022. Good job. Um, Are you a big New Year's Eve guy? Not really. It, it involves staying up late. I would don't do you, that. What would you... Someone have to pay you to go do the Times Square thing on New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, life-changing money. <laughs> life-changing? Not, not even year-changing money. It would have to be life-changing money. Hard, hard pass. Okay, oh. so you have... It's outside at late late at night. It's cold. There's a ton of people. I'm sure it's super loud. Like, all of the things in this world I hate the most. You can't do bathroom breaks. And another thing, you can't do bathroom breaks. Yeah, no, that sounds like one of Dante's, what, levels of hell? Yeah, hard. So you wouldn't do it? No. Okay. No, definitely not. And then, and I mean, this is your New Year's Eve anyway. Your boys are playing. Yeah. And then may go see Coach K the next day, so you're going to oh, be tied up be anyway. Big two days. You're going to bet on that Duke-Notre Dame game? Yeah. You know. I don't, I don't care what the line is. I'll throw something on Duke. Paolo Banchero. You know, Notre Dame basketball, while wildly underwhelming for ever, they play the spoiler at home very yeah, like at a historical level. Yeah, maybe maybe they beat I'll, Duke maybe I'll when they were ones. They beat the UCLA. They snapped the UCLA streak. They snapped some other streak that came to town. That's what they do. They'll feels, lose the rest of the games. Feels like you're making this up, but I'll go with it. The UCLA seventy-seven game streak snapped by Chris Thomas. <laughs> well, I don't even think he was born yet. Um, oh, so this is way before. This us. is like John Wood. Who cares? The last streak would have been like fourteen, fifteen. I don't remember. Is it the Kentucky one, maybe? I think it was Duke. No, I think Indiana snapped the, the long was, Kentucky one. I think one. it was Duke. 
But they uh, they win a weird amount of games when good teams come. Yeah. And I think that spread will probably be in the late, high teens, 20s. Probably. Yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably just roll with Notre Dame. Yeah. All right, um, enough nonsense. Good boy. We've, uh, we've, we've talked a long time about things that aren't cards, so hopefully everyone was able to hang through this one with us. And if not, just Screw like them. block us on Instagram or something. I don't know that you have to go that extreme. Just maybe don't listen again. Send us airwing pictures on Instagram. <laughs> Um, but hope everyone has a, a whatever, um, happy holidays, New Kwanzaa, Year's, all that, Christmas. all that stuff. Um, hope, hope you get all the cards you want. Get some, get some tops, uh, tops Chrome soccer. I know I have some wax coming my way for Christmas. <sighs> Let's go. I'm pretty sure. Um, get yourself some MLS Chrome soccer ripped six blasters the other morning, just like a normal 32 year old does. Yeah, for Christmas, get yourself yeah. some MLS blasters. <laughs> yeah, I, that was that was a banger. I'm I'm a huge MLS Chrome fan. I'm I'm buying those ones off you too. I don't care. And thank everybody for the first these first five episodes support. It's been I think more than what we expected. Definitely as far as engagement yeah. and listens. Um, it, I guess that comes naturally when you have rock stars on as interviews, which we have. Oh, I thought you meant the the, the yeah. studio part. Yeah, well, yeah, that that's obvious. But yeah, um, Andy. Indy Card Exchange, Chris at Nash Cards, Kenny Anderson, Fisk University, uh, Louisville Sports Card Group. Whole crew. KJ Wall, Notre Dame Football. KJ Wallace, Notre Dame Football. Um, Ryan Bannister, RBI Crew, Rex Gocher, Sports Card Shop in New Buffalo. That's the lineup so far, and that, that's list. a banger of a lineup. And uh, we're going to have some more big names after the holiday. 